You're now listening to the Tax Smart REI podcast, your source for all things real estate, accounting, and tax. Here we reveal our secrets that can save you thousands in taxes, streamline your accounting process, and help grow your business. Stay tuned to hear insightful interviews with industry experts, successful real estate investors, and current clients on what strategies they use to grow their business and how they steer clear of Uncle Sam. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Tax Smart REI podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about how investing in real estate reduces taxes without using strategies like the real estate professional status or the short-term rental loophole. And we're going to dive into all that in just one moment after a quick word from Dual City Investments. Conventional investment strategies are changing. Gone are the days of investing in real estate strictly off of pro forma spreadsheets. The new market landscape has many investors reevaluating their portfolios and looking for the best place to passively earn a safe, consistent return. The Dual City Advantage Fund is an evergreen 506C open-ended fund that specializes in investing in commercial real estate. Dual City's ideal investor is an accredited investor who wants a portion of their portfolio in passive and diverse real estate investments without having the high risks of a single syndication. The Dual City Advantage Fund is outpacing public REIT ETFs by more than double, and while the rest of the market has been in flux, it has delivered consistent quarterly returns to its investors since its inception. To learn more about Dual City's value, strategies, and long-term vision, visit DualCityInvestments.com or call 864-757-2429. Again, that's dualcityinvestments.com or call 864-757-2429. Without further ado, we'll jump right into today's episode. All right, and we're back. And just kind of wanted to talk a little about the TaxSmart Insiders Group, give everybody an update of what we have going on in there. So a lot of our members of the TaxSmart Insiders Group are taking advantage of the private forum where they can ask questions and our team of advisors including myself and Brennan, do jump in and provide answers. We just actually hosted a live Q&A yesterday where members asked a lot of great questions. And believe it or not, some of the members actually learn a ton just from being on the live Q&A and listening into what others are asking. So we love doing the live Q&As. We also have some upcoming master classes. Uh, I'm going to be doing a master class on vehicle deductions uh, in a few weeks here in June. We're going to have an attorney come on and talk about lease agreements and property management agreements and how to set those up for success as a landlord. So if you do want to join in on the fun, you can go ahead to www.taxmartinvestors.com slash insiders and sign up for a 30-day free trial today. And we'll catch you on the inside. Dude, what about the best part about the insiders group? It's my success path, man. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the best part. But, but I recorded a success path. Uh, it's a handful of videos that shows you how to review your tax return. Because one of the big pieces of feedback that we hear, like on the marketing and the sales side and in our Facebook group, is that people get these, you know, 100, 200, 300 page tax returns back from their CPAs and they have no idea what to actually look for, right? So, so you probably just look at your 1040, you look at Schedule E, but do you really know how to look at those supporting schedules to make sure that the Schedule E is correct and that the 1040 is correct? So that's what I teach people on our success path. We actually had somebody in our Facebook group ask recently, uh, I think it was about LP investing. If I if I invest in one LP and it creates a tax loss, will that tax loss offset the gain on sale from this other LP investment that I made? And I actually cover that in the success path when we review form 8582. And I show you exactly where you can find that information. So that's an awesome little feature there too. And before we jump in, 
Uh, they actually did just change the link. So I'm, <laughs> uh, I've been helping a company called Azebo improve their bookkeeping platform because we see a lot of landlords, and myself included, needing good bookkeeping, but not really staying on top of it. So I've been helping Azebo with a bookkeeping platform that will help landlords stay on top of their bookkeeping on an ongoing basis. But the cool thing about Azebo is that they have a balance sheet solution, which these other bookkeeping softwares that you might know of don't have. So instead of having to go to QuickBooks Online and like use this actual accounting software, you can use software developed specifically for landlords. It's not as robust, but it gets the job done. And Azebo is free. You can get bank accounts. You can manage your online tenant portal and payments and all that type of stuff. Uh, so really cool platform. If you want to check it out, it's azebo.com slash hall, C-P-A, H-A-L-L-C-P-A. All right. So we'll go ahead and drop that in the show notes and let's dive in right here, right? So the question we got from the Tax Smart Investors Group was, okay, so you can reduce taxes using strategies like the real estate professional status and the short-term rental loophole. What other strategies are out there? And I've received this question countless times over my career working with investors. And what ends up happening is, Investors get enamored by the short-term benefits of the short-term mental loophole or the real estate professional status and their ability to use the losses to offset, you say, your W-2 or your other non-passive income and significantly reduce your tax bills. But in doing so, when you only focus on that, you overlook the tremendous tax benefits that simply investing in real estate has to offer. So it's exactly- Can I actually just jump in here? Because the point that you just made is amazing. Real estate professional status, short-term rental loophole- Sure. Great. Right. Cost segregation, bonus depreciation. We all like that adrenaline rush and that dopamine rush of getting that tax refund. Right. But if that's all you're focused on, you will lose in the long run. Not right. like you're not going to lose significantly. I mean, you're going to save money because you understand this, this cost segregation, the bonus depreciation. You probably understand 1031 exchanges, defer, 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 die. But there's so much more that you could be optimizing for. And so just be careful who you decide to ultimately work with. Like short-term rentals, we talk about short-term rentals, real estate professional status, because that's what everybody wants to know about. They want to know about how to save taxes today, right? How do I get the big refund right this second, which is great, but you can get a much higher ROI if you're optimizing on an ongoing basis. And an ongoing basis is not the bonus depreciation, cost segregation stuff. Right, so we're right. going to talk about a little bit of that today. Yeah, and I think you also have, you have to zoom out and you have to look at the game of real estate investing as, as a long-term endeavor, which I think many investors do, right? And when you look at the long-term compounding benefits of owning real estate, it could be quite powerful. So I think maybe we just start with just a quick overview of the US tax system, just for anybody who's new, who may not have heard this before, or for anybody who just needs a quick refresher, I think it's important to understand, right? So uh, let's kind of start with earned income, right? So earned income is typically income that you'd earn from a W-2 job or maybe an active trader business that you might be running. Now, earned income is taxed at the federal level up to 37%. Plus, you're going to have state and perhaps local taxes, depending on where you're located. And then you have FICA, and that's that 7.65% tax or 15.3% tax, the self-employment tax, if you're self-employed. If you add all of this up, it's not uncommon to see high-income earners paying anywhere between 40 to 50% in taxes. I've seen it countless times, especially with taxpayers who live in states like New York, perhaps New Jersey, or California, right? That's very common to have happen, right? And the thing with W-2 income, as we all know, or active income, 
difficult to shelter. And that's why people look to strategies like the short-term rental loophole or the real estate professional status. When you look at rental income, right? Okay, let's take rental income. Rental income is subject to that same 37% tax bracket plus state and local income taxes. It doesn't get affected by FICA, which is nice, or the self-employment tax, but it's still taxed at the same rates. However, right, when you have rental real estate, there is an expense called depreciation, which we talk about here on the show all the time. Depreciation is a non-cash expense that shelters your rental income from tax, despite the fact that you might actually be generating positive cash flow. An example I always give is this, right? Let's say you have $10,000 of rental income, or it could be $100,000, whatever number you want to put to it, but let's say it's $10,000, right? You have $5,000 of expenses. Uh, that's you know, property management fees, perhaps property taxes, utilities, maintenance, repairs, legal and accounting fees, so on and so forth. This is money that actually leaves your bank account and goes to a third party. So it's it's gone, right? So let's say you had $5,000 of these expenses, right? You would be left with $5,000 of income, right? And in most other businesses, you're going to pay tax on that $5,000 of income. If you're in a high income bracket and this is an additional $5,000 to you, you could be paying anywhere between 40 to 50% on that additional $5,000 that you're making. However, thanks to depreciation, because depreciation is a non-cash expense, you might have a depreciation expense. Let's just call it $6,000 for the sake of this argument here, right? For the sake of this example, rather. Now you'd have a tax loss of $1,000. What does this do for you? First thing it did is it sheltered that $5,000 of cash flow from tax, right? So you didn't pay tax on the $5,000 of cash flow. You just added, essentially added to your income. That's kind of the first thing to understand is like, when you're investing in rental real estate, right, and you're able to cash flow from rental real estate, you're able to increase your income without increasing your taxes. Yeah. So your net income is 10K, your depreciation is 6K. Is that so your gross income, your gross rental income would be 10K in this example. You have expenses, like these are real expenses that you actually have to pay somebody. So this is money that leaves your bank account. So yeah. you're left with say five thousand dollars of Net and then income. you've got depreciation of six. So, so your net your net operating income is five, your depreciation is six, you, you have a tax loss of one. So you, you earn $5,000 a day that you have to pay tax on, which is pretty nice. If you can do that 10 times, now you've got $50,000 of right. income that you didn't pay tax on today. Now, the reason I'm saying today is because depreciation is a deferral strategy. It's not a tax elimination strategy, right? So right. at some later point, I have to pay something called depreciation recapture. If I bought a property for 100K and then I later sell it for 120K, newer investors that don't understand the concept of depreciation and adjusted basis would assume my gain in this example is $20,000, right? I bought it for 100, I sold it for 120. But because of depreciation, I have to look at my adjusted basis to calculate my entire gain. So if I took $10,000 of depreciation over the hold period, my adjusted basis is $90,000. If I sell it for 120, then my total gain is 30k. Right. So, so depreciation like reduces the basis in the property and will eventually make the gain, the taxable gain, larger. So you do have to recapture the depreciation at some point. And then some people would immediately ask, "Do I have to take depreciation?" And the answer is yes. So, so the IRS, in the event of a sale, will assess depreciation recapture even if you didn't claim it. Right. So you have to pay tax. You have to recapture. The depreciation that you either claimed or you could have claimed. So you got to claim that depreciation. And, and the last thing I'll say on depreciation too is it doesn't matter how you finance the property. I get this question a lot. It's like, well, what if I pay 100% cash? 
same amount of depreciation, right? What if I finance the property 100%? What if I put 20% down and finance the property 80%? Doesn't matter. You're going to have the same depreciation expense because depreciation is calculated by looking at the acquisition cost minus the value of the land. And then whatever that net amount is, you divide that by 27 and a half years or 39 years in the event of non-residential property. Right, right. But it, so depreciated recapture, it is definitely a concern, something people have to be aware of, something people have to plan around. But again, if we go back to the beginning of the episode, we say we're looking at this from the long term, right? You're in real estate for the long term. You're not here just for a year to get the short-term rental tax benefits. You're not here just for the year to get the reps benefits. No, you're here. You're investing in real estate because it's one of the best vehicles for building long-term wealth. Right. So when you take a look at depreciation recapture, yes, you have to take depreciation. Yes, it, it, depreciation recapture has to be planned for. But here's a few reasons why depreciation recapture is actually not as a big deal as, as many people would make it out to be. Right. First things first, we have the time value money. And we've talked about this here on the show before. And that's a dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. So if you're able to save, and let's just for the sake of this conversation, say you're able to save $10,000 in taxes, right? Thanks to depreciation. So now this $10,000 in tax savings, if you invested at an 8% return compounded for 10 years, it's going to turn into roughly $21,500, right? So that's basically $11,500 in in additional income or additional capital that you would not have had if you just paid that $10,000 to the government. So that's one reason why depreciation is powerful and why you'd want to take it even if you didn't have to, right? So that's one thing. Second thing is, again, you're in this for a long, long haul. You can 1031 exchange your properties. So you could sell, when you sell your property, you're going to buy another property, right? It's going to be a bigger property, or maybe you buy multiple properties. But when you sell your property, use a 1031 exchange, you defer the capital gains and depreciation recapture in a majority of cases, if you do the 1031 exchange, right? And you don't have to worry about depreciation recapture, right? You keep kind of trading up, you buy bigger and bigger properties, and you keep kicking the can down the road. And, and Brandon said it before, I think on, on one of the more recent episodes, we have clients who do this. Yes, it's easier said than done, but it's not a pipe dream. People actually continually use 1031 exchanges. And I see in the multifamily space too, people sometimes, uh, you know, people are, are moving money because they have 1031 exchange capital, they have to move. So it certainly happens. It exists. Now, one more thing. Again, long-term, right? there's something called the step-up in basis. When you pass away, you can pass your assets to your heirs. At the Basically, what happens is they receive it at the fair market value at the date of your death. And yes, you can. there's an alternative valuation date you can consider six months down the line. But the bottom line is they receive the assets at the stepped-up basis. So in other words, like say your property with the day you die right, is worth a million dollars. Well, they'll receive it at a million dollars, and that wipes out all the capital gains and depreciation recapture you would have had to pay throughout your lifetime had you sold it. So let's recap where we are right now. You buy a rental property, okay? You start generating cash flow, which is tax-free, okay? Tax-free cash flow thanks to depreciation. Now, the question is, well, isn't depreciation bad because we have to recapture it? Well, no, right? Time value of money uh, makes it make sense to take depreciation. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer the depreciation recapture on sale, allowing you to continue building up your portfolio. And then uh, when you pass away, depending on how you structure everything, you can pass a majority of your assets down to your heirs at a step-up step basis, eliminating the depreciation recapture tax. 
These are the powerful tax benefits of real estate, right? The short-term rental loophole, the real estate professional status, these are icing. This is cherry on top of the cake or icing on the cake, whatever you want to look at it. It's not all about these strategies is what the point I'm trying to make. Are you looking for a law firm that can handle your real estate transactions with expertise and efficiency? Thresher Law Offices is a premier boutique law firm specializing in real estate acquisitions, private placement syndications, debt and equity financings, and corporate transactions. Their team of experienced attorneys understands the complexities of real estate transactions from purchase agreements to fund offerings and everything in between. Thresher Law Offices advises their clients on structuring transactions for real estate development acquisitions, debt and equity financings, commercial leasings, and has extensive experience in private placement syndications, helping businesses raise capital through private offerings. Thresher Law Offices builds long-term relationships with the clients they serve, creating strategies and opportunities not just for today, but for your future needs as well. With their knowledge and expertise, you can trust that Thresher Law Offices will guide you through the legal process with ease and confidence as you make critical decisions that will shape the future of your business. Visit www.thresherpllc.com to learn more and schedule a free consultation. Again, to learn more and schedule a free consultation, visit www.thresherpllc.com. The link will also be in the show notes, but for right now, we'll dive right back into today's episode. Yeah, so... Well, it's all great to have the depreciation all up front, the bonus depreciation, accelerated depreciation, cost segregation studies. It's great to qualify as a real estate professional. Great to, you know, run that short term rental loophole. The reality is, is that qualifying as a real estate professional is hard to do. It's hard to do because you have to spend more time in real estate than anywhere else. You have to spend 750 hours, 15 hours a week working on your rental portfolio. 15 hours a week working on your rental portfolio. That means your rental portfolio has to be pretty significant. <laughs> or you're like, you have to be rehabbing property that's going to be turning into a rental within that same calendar year. It's just a lot of work. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. They think they they hear, oh man, my spouse or I can qualify as a real estate professional because I don't have a job or I'm working a part-time job. But 15 hours a week, that's still a heck of a commitment. And you're not going to get there with one property. You're probably not going to get there with two properties. Not to say that you can't. It has been done before. There are tax court cases where it has been done. But if you read those tax court cases, it was a significant amount of work landlords are putting in for one property or two properties. And then you have to ask the question of, is that even worth your time <laughs> for one property? And I would probably say no, but you know that's that's a topic for a different day. So real estate professional status, hard to get. Short-term rentals, not as hard to get, which is, I think, why there's this craze around short-term rentals, the, the getting that tax benefit. But you have to be good at hospitality. I, I've seen a lot of people... Buy short-term rentals and you like you like look at their how they reply to messages online and stuff. You're like, dude, you should not be running a short-term rental. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a different business for sure. And you know, another thing, not only do you have to be good at hospitality, and not only does it take more work too, but I've seen a number of investors not pick the right market and then their short-term rental gets crushed by regulations, right? There's a ton of regulations going on at local levels, especially in non-vacation yeah. markets, where People have bought short-term rentals based on, okay, I could buy this property, I could afford it, it's going to cash flow, you know, these metrics or whatever when they underwrote it. And then all of a sudden, the town comes in, you can't rent as a short-term rental anymore. Um, now their only option might be a mid-term rental or a long-term rental. And now the numbers just don't pencil out and they're stuck with this property they might be forced to sell. So it's definitely a different animal and definitely something, you know, you have to pay attention to a little closer. Well, the, the other thing is about short-term rentals too, is that I think that everybody had this veil pulled over them on like what it's actually like to run a short-term rental over the past few years because during covid and the years after covid everybody was pent up in their house they wanted to get out they wanted to travel they want they could work remotely and travel 
demand was through the roof. And this is consistent across pretty much everybody that I know that owns short-term rentals. Demand in 2020 and 2021 was incredible. And even going into 2022, it was pretty good. Not as good as 2021 and 2020. And so now it's starting to normalize. And I think people are starting to realize like, oh, crap. Like I actually have to know how to run a short-term rental. It's not as easy as just throwing it out there and people are going to book and I'm going to get five-star reviews. Like I actually have to be good at this. Yeah, there's a game. And game. and it takes work. It takes work. It's not it's not as easy as simply just buying a beach house or a mountain house, putting it up on Airbnb VRBO, and then having bookings and getting that consistently year over year over year. You might have some early success, but the question is how do you consistently deliver a great product year over year over year? And I think that what we're going to see is some people realize they don't actually want to do that. So before you get all hyped up on the tax benefits of short-term rentals, join some of these Facebook groups for, with short-term rentals and just kind of see what people have to deal with on an ongoing basis. I love my short-term rental, by the way, but like I'm not going to go buy five or 10 more of these short-term rentals because it requires my time and it's random. It's not like I can bunch all of the time that I have to spend on my short-term rental into a Friday morning. Like the random requests and needs for help come at like 10 p.m. at night when you're trying to watch a movie with your spouse. And that's not very exciting when you think about it. And I know that there are some people out there that have automated a lot of their systems. And so I'll, I will say that I've done a little bit of that, but certainly not to the extent that I probably could. But that's the problem that I see with owning short term rentals at scale is you really have to you have to invest time to systematize it and build a team around it. And you have to be good at hospitality. So, you know, don't let the tax benefit sink your investment because if you're not good at hospitality, you get those four star reviews, you'll start being deprioritized in the ranking system with Airbnb right. and VRBO. And now your ROI goes down. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it's really interesting. So we had James Sevitek come on. He's the co-author of Airbnb for Dummies. He did a master class for our insiders group. And I was sitting in on a lot of those sessions and he was going through how to optimize your listings and your pricing, you know, to, to basically maximize your profits. And I'm sitting there saying, wow, this is a lot like this is a lot more than you would think. Right. I, yeah. Like, you know, on the surface, it's like, OK, I'm going to buy this short term rental. I'll throw it up on it. I literally <laughs> the thought process for some people was I'll throw it up on Airbnb, take a few pictures of my cell phone and, uh, you know, we'll be good to go. Like, no, there is. Well, that, that's because you could, though. That's what I'm saying. Like in 2020 and 2021, you could do that and you would have been successful. But what I'm seeing across these various groups I'm a part of is that the market is normalizing. It's actually back to normal, I think, is yeah. is the word on the street or the word in the cloud, I guess, with all yeah, these different. I've, I've read a few articles too that saying that it's down, the demand is, has been down uh, yeah. this year. So. Well, and it's not like, it's not necessarily like demand is down. It's just that it's, it's normal, you know, the demand um, curve shifted back to its normal spot. Exactly. Exactly. So, so if you bought on the 2020, 2021 numbers, thinking that you would always achieve that with relatively little effort, um, you're up the Creek right now without a paddle, or, or at least you will be over the next couple of years. That's what I, that's what I'm seeing. So, yeah. 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 I mean, so, my, my demand is down on my own, on my, on my rental too. I've got a beach rental, sweet location, cool, great house. And I have to work a little bit harder now to get those bookings than I did in prior years. So I'm, I'm experiencing it too, but yeah, you just, you just have to get to go and prepare for that. Anyway, the, the point is, is that all of that stuff's great, right? Real estate professional status is great. Short-term rentals are great, but it comes with extra effort. That's what we're trying to communicate here is that there's often, it's kind of like that iceberg 
meme, you know, where you see the tip of the iceberg and it looks yeah. small, but then underneath it's a massive iceberg. It's the same sort of thing. Like real estate professional status sounds great, right? It's it's shiny object syndrome. Short-term rental sounds great. But underneath the surface, there's a lot of work that actually goes into it. So you just have to prepare yourself for that. Alternatively, you could just focus on building out a rental portfolio for the long term. You buy a couple properties every single year. You do not have to qualify as a real estate professional. You don't have to use the short-term rental loophole. And you can still reap the tax benefits. One of such benefits is just the depreciation right? that we've already kind of talked about. You can create cash flow streams that you don't pay tax on today. But another benefit that is very rarely talked about, even by us, we, we, we actually talk about this a lot inside behind our paywalls, right? So inside of our insider groups and stuff like this is the 2013 tangible property regulations. Now, the reason that we talk about it a lot behind the paywall is because the 2013 TPRs, one, it's pretty complex. But two, if you can optimize under the 2013 TPRs on an ongoing basis, you will save more money over the span of 10, 20 years than bonus depreciation or anything will ever save you on a net present value perspective. That's a fact. Yeah. Uh, the 2013 TPRs, that's where the safe harbors come from, a safe harbor for small taxpayers, routine maintenance safe harbor. The, the minimum safe harbor, one of the most popular the minimum ones. safe harbor, yep, $2,500 de minimis safe harbor. It's partial asset dispositions. It's the materiality threshold for when I replace an HVAC unit, can I deduct it today versus put it on my balance sheet and have to depreciate it and then recapture that depreciation at some later point. So it's all of those things. And if you can optimize under the 2013 TPRs, you will win in the long run. And so owning a rental portfolio gives you the ability to do that. Now you just have to learn how to do that. Once you learn how to do that, oh my gosh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, a, it's truly amazing. And you, it, it helps you kind of guide what types of assets you buy too. Like you might start finding, I want to buy four units versus a single family home. Because under the 2013 TPRs, I can, I can optimize with a four unit, but not a single family home. Right, right, right. So yeah, there's there's so much. I hope we're doing this justice here because you know after working with real estate investors for the last you know five or six years or so, and and being part of the real estate investment community probably for uh, coming on ten years now, it's so crystal clear in my mind that if you just invest in rental real estate, you play the game the right way, you optimize for taxes, like Brendan just said, that in the long run you're going to pay less taxes than you would if you're just optimizing for the short term rental loophole or the real estate profession. That's kind of the point I'm trying to make here. The last thing I'll say on this too is real estate. There's another tax benefit that's often not talked about. It's kind of talked about more passively is when I own real estate and the value of that real estate increases, I can cash out the equity without paying tax through a cash out refinance because debt, the debt transaction is not a taxable transaction. So if I buy a property for 100K and I put you know 20% down and then the value goes to 200K, well, now I've got a 200K value, but I only have an 80K loan. So my equity is $120,000. So I can do a cash out refinance and maybe maybe they require 30% equity. So 30% on $200,000 is $60,000. So I can cash out or I, I can get a new loan for 140K, right? So I've got 60K equity, 140K loan equals 200K value. Well, if my new loan's 140K, my old loan was 80K, then I get a check for $60,000 that I don't have to pay tax on today. And now I can use that check to roll it over into a new property, buy a new property with it, down payment on new property, and do the whole thing over again, often referred to as the Burr strategy, right? And that's the buy, right. rehab, rent, refinance, repeat, uh, something like that. Our right. partner, Taylor, did a really good job of that. He built a multi-million dollar portfolio over the past 10 years doing exactly that. 
So you can do this and continue to create wealth and grow your equity without ever having to pay tax. So these are the multiple tax benefits that come with investing in real estate that are not necessarily the real estate professional status and short-term rental loophole. You know, that's the stuff that gets right. everybody excited because that's right. the immediate but, check that I get back in my pocket. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot more to it. The best way to maybe put it is this, okay? The short-term rental loophole, real estate professional status, that's sugar, right? Sugar's really good right now, but everything we just talked about here on the podcast here today is the vegetables, right? That's the stuff you need to live a long, healthy life, right? So you can't just eat all sugar all the time, right? You have to eat the vegetables, right? So just you know, put some uh, like ranch on it, whatever you need to do, and eat the vegetables because you're gonna be put. You're <laughs> you're gonna end up in a much better position over the long run when you zoom out. You take a look at the long term tax benefits of investing in real estate. And look, if you need help with stuff like this, we're here to help. You know, we I think we've we put out a ton of free content out here on the podcast and the Facebook group and and what have you. But if you need someone to talk to about this, you need some advice, go ahead and hop on over into the TaxSmart Insiders group, right? We have that private forum I mentioned before, where people are always asking questions about this. You know, yesterday I was on the live Q&A that, that we hosted, and some of this stuff was like mind-blowing to some of the people that were on the live Q&A. Like, oh, you could do a cash-out refi, and you could take the money out, loan proceeds tax-free. You could really do that. You could actually deduct the interest if you use it. For business purposes, like there's some like, you know, people having epiphanies in this group. They're getting a lot of clarity on their tax situation and are able to move forward with their investment plans with confidence that they know that they're going to be able to be okay from a tax side. So again, if you want to become a tax smart insider, you have questions that you need answers to, uh ww.taxsmartinvestors.com slash insiders. You can start your 30-day free trial today. So that's all for today, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Tax Smart REI. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please find us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also email us at contact at therealestatecpa.com with any feedback or topic suggestions. We are always taking on new clients and with the new tax laws in play, you really don't want to navigate this alone. Let us help you save money on taxes and with your accounting and CFO needs. To become a client, navigate to our client page at therealestatecpa.com and fill out a web form with as much detail about your situation as possible. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week.